Let it play. Let it rock out. Our guest today has seen this band over 700 times. <laughs> yeah, I really have. I'm a, Standing I'm a at the stage fan. door like a little boy. And grew up not too far from them. Right? Yeah, they're, not they're too from far. Jersey. I'm from Long Island. Close Beautiful. enough. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Gentleman's Dojo. Oh, uh, we're right. excited. We're excited right. today. We have a great guest and friend on the show. Uh, we sure do. Gary a, Cannon uh, along with Patrick Keene. We, we're here live uh, from beautiful downtown Burbank. Yes. And uh, this is a favor. This was a pleasure to get this guy because, uh, you know, we have to do so much homework on, on some guests sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's natural. With this guy's, uh, it's out there, you know. You, right. You, you know, <laughs> I'm no, so busy. No intro on, needed. He's a great, a great bartender. Great comic. Uh, he's um, a Mets fan. Fantastic. Yep. And he was a uh, head writer for many years and the right hand to the Chelsea Handler show. Yeah, right? Chelsea late, yeah. Yeah. late night mm-hmm. with Chelsea Handler. And uh, here he is, Chris Franjola. There he is, Chris Franjola, everybody. How about a big hand? So nice to see both of you. Hi. Always. Thanks for coming in the studio, Two by the way. Two of my favorite people who've Thank been you for through coming the trenches in. with uh, me along the way. By the way, I, I got to know you better through... Patrick. Did you really? Right. Yeah, we yeah, we, yeah, we all knew happened. each other. I mean, you know, we sure. warmed up on Chelsea lately and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot. So, yeah. We yeah, I warmed up a couple of times. Right. But before we uh, actually jump into that, which I didn't even realize this, you were uh, probably the most visible person, most, most visible comic on the roundtable. Is that correct? I believe so. Uh, in the end, not just the roundtable, but it, counting up all my appearances, I was the most on the show. But I did that myself. Like Toward the end, Chelsea was just like, do whatever you want. And I and I did. So you could write yourself in and just yeah, say, hey, I'm every doing roundtable today. I just today. wrote myself in. You, you, or, or a sketch or something. So That's you try great. to get your face on once a week, once, Why a, not? once a show. I mean, you, it, this very rare show will just say, whatever you can do today will be on the show that night. You know, so we, well, I, I got to say, you were a face and voice of reason for that show, too, because there were a lot of crazy... I mean, there was a oh, lot Oh, toward the of, end, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, we survived. Do you get paid extra for making yes, the appearance? Do. Oh, yes, wow. you do. Oh, yeah. wow. So that's why you see so many writers for oh, yeah. Conan, yeah. Uh, Fallon, all those guys. They're in sketches because yeah. they're making a little I was, bit extra I was money. working on the Jimmy Kimmel show for years, on and off. Yeah. And all, the writers conveniently would be like, oh, here's a nice little on-camera appearance. Sure. Oh, we would look at it as our vacation. We yeah. would like do five appearances of whatever character you do, whatever. And you're like, oh, that there's our vacation for you know in the winter. Wow. Yeah. It's so funny because you started on that show, what, 2008? About about that. 2008. Yeah. yeah. And so just like rewinding back to that time, how did you get that gig? What was the process of? Just knowing Chelsea Handler from uh, from um, stand-up, you know? I mean, I knew her forever. We, and we were good friends. We were really oh, good wow. friends in stand-up. Uh, you know, back when we were doing the places we all did out here, you know, just bar shows and things like that. And Early, uh, early 2000s then, roughly? No, late, maybe later. No, no, mid no. Mid-2000s. Oh, oh, late 90s, 90s. Oh, late 90s. 90s oh, late early. 90s, I yeah. Um, I, I mean, she was like 20 years old when she came out here from New Jersey. So it was just a long time ago. And we were all good friends. Me, her, Joe Coy, like a lot of people oh, wow. from that show, you know, just doing open mics and stuff like that. She actually ran one, I think, out at she the did? Ice House in Pasadena. That side room. That side room, she, yeah. She did like an open mic there with... Uh, a guy who's no longer in the game, Don Boland. I don't know if anybody remembers. I remember him. Don. Yeah, Boland. Yeah. He's a great guy. The oh, two of the so good, real funny. good guy. Yeah. yeah, the two of them used to do a show together out there. So yeah, we were friends for a long time, and then she started getting success, and always asked me to be on everything she did. She was really nice in that way. Were you ever uh, attracted to her in a sense of like wanting to ask her out? No, or? no, 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 no. no. Nothing like that. Really. Ever. And I've worked with a lot of women, and I could say, thank God, now that this climate we're in currently, I could say that I've never really been that guy. Thank God. 
Not once with Lonnie Love. Be honest. <laughs> and and I, one of the Come persons I truly enjoy. But uh, no, I, I no, no, th- no, not none. And, you know, they're all good friends of mine. Yeah, because you know comics on the road. They're just like, you know, I oh. mean, how many times does a male comic bring a female with oh, him? It's well, it's amazing to me go. how I'd be too uh, I mean, embarrassed. I, I don't want to I don't want to mention like the specific comics names, but there's a few comics out there right now who are very good comics. I'm not going to say they're just pretty girls. They are very good comics as well. But uh, the guys who were like, uh, you know, taking them around. So like, oh, this guy's still at this game. <laughs> oh, God. You know, yeah, still yeah. doing it. I think it. we saw one of them uh, not too long ago. Oh, you know who I'm Phoenix talking. Area. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, we did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah that's yeah. your exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're right. like, oh, they want me to go on the road. We, I was just talking with somebody about this, Chris, not too long ago. It goes both ways. There, there are, I think, uh, women headliners too that have brought male open. Oh, really? I mean, I, there's one I'll tell you about off air here. Well, I, I there's an interesting a male male one that goes oh, around really? a little yeah, bit um, yeah. that I don't think anyone knows about, but I, I keep hearing little things. And I'm like, oh, this is getting more and more interesting yeah. with each feature I hear saying, yeah. And then he got me a hotel room next to his. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. That connecting door wouldn't lock. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I always ask for room three hundred nine right. and three ten at the Radisson. Yeah, yeah. But it is it is that weird. But but you know this as a comic starting off. There are so many comics who, because I, I saw it this weekend when I was working in San Diego, there was a comic who was relatively new who thought that he could wrangle this rowdy crowd in. They were horrible, and he just went off on like this racist tirade because he thought he could do crowd work. Oh, really? And, and, and wheel them in. Michael Richards? We were, we were talking about yeah, him yeah, last yeah. week. Uh, but he tried to do it. But you know this <clears throat> as a comic who's new. There are those people that take these road gigs, and they require 30 minutes of material you might have five, ten minutes, and all these comics are like, "I'll oh, just do crowd work," and it's like no. you realize that's more difficult than the actual preparedness for all of us who are kind of headliners. It, I, not to pat ourselves on the back, but it is a it is truly a skill to be a road headliner. Yes, I know we get you know it's a, we shit on it and people shit on it, but it really is to to be a quality road headliner. Night in and night out, five shows a weekend, sometimes three a night. It's 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 a very good skill to have. So I, I worked with John Heffron a couple of weeks ago in yeah. uh, Omaha, and I've worked with him in Des Moines, and he slaughters, right? slaughters. and with slaughters. with great material. Yeah. Not, yeah. not not like road. Right. You know, he's not talking about typical. You know, just mindless stuff. He's right. getting to the core of relationships. It's all there. Yeah, and yeah. it's amazing that like guy like that, John Heffron, a great great like. For the most part, nobody knows who John Heffron is. Right, you know, in the real world, like we do, and and yeah. he's got a pretty good following in in comedy. But outside of that, he's certainly not a household name or been on sitcoms or anything like that. So it's but a it's, weird world. But so you're working with Chelsea. Did did you kind of know that there would be this long term success with her? Like did no, you, no, she, she just out. Uh, it was the best thing that's ever happened. I mean, I to be on a show that kind of like started the way I kind of my career and that career of that show kind of had the same trajectory i was doing shit before that show you know it was i was bartending i was still bartending a year into it i mean i would literally run from writing that show to bartending at night wow um so, so how did it start did she see you and you said oh I, yes i, don't know, I was Mike, I, w- I went i idea. went down to the improv one night i hadn't been i like i was i was never like a scene guy i never really hung out at the improv or comedy store or anything but i did a lot of gigs you know but i was doing the bar gigs i never liked I was never accepted in the in the uh, you know those places. I don't know if you guys were either. I mean, you really? Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yes and no. I and, guess and it depends. I, and I was it fine with it. I was fine with it. Um, and I, I, I'm to no fault of the clubs or anything. I just wasn't. You know, I, I yeah. didn't. I was never down there pounding the pavement or whatever. So anyway, 
uh, one night I just went to the uh, improv to have a drink and Chelsea was there and she says, what are you up to now? I said, I'm still working at Mirabal. And she would come in a lot. That's the restaurant I worked at. And she would come in a lot to that place. And she's like, man, I'm, I got a new show coming on E. You should come right on the show. And it was at this point, it was called the Chelsea Handler show. It was like a sketch show, um, kind of like a Dave Chappelle show ripoff. Yeah. And, uh, and I say, of all the to- people in Hollywood that I've heard bullshit from, and we all have, you know, you're like, I, do this. I used to say this about her. She is the one person who truly is 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 a, of her word. Kept her word. Kept right. always about everything. She you, she says she's gonna do something. She fucking does it for good and for bad. Right. But she does it. Right. And uh, and so she literally called her the next day, and she's like, you, uh, "Come on, come on in tomorrow. You got, you know, you're in." And, yeah. and that's how it happened. How many times have we heard that? Yeah. Uh, take a look at my schedule. Let's do some road dates together. Right. Never hear from Oh, me. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Same with clubs. Right. Yeah, we'd right. like to have right. you back. Right. Never hear from So she was truly uh, that person. And so it started like that quickly? Yes. And then, wow. and then, and then it, no, that was Chelsea Handler Show. So Chelsea Handler Show, we did eight episodes. We actually wound up doing 10 uh, episodes of it all, all together. And then he said, hey, listen, we're going to make this a daily talk show. We're going to get into the comedy game, and we're going to make this our late night talk show. It took about a year uh, to kind of get it going from from the Chelsea. So I was back to bartending for about a year. Were you guys Chelsea- still on the air? They did those ten episodes, took it off, took it off. Okay, okay. Uh, and then and then we were, you know, they all worked on getting, you know, Brad and Tom and those guys all worked on getting the Chelsea late uh, sh- show going, and that's how it began. And who were the originals that were there from day one till it ended? <sighs> Uh, the originals at the time were Guy Branham, yep. J- Jen Kirkman, um, Heather McDonald. Brad Wallach, myself, and uh, Jif- Jiffy Wild was there early on. Was Kelowna uh, with you guys early? Kelowna came about uh, six months in, uh, maybe a little bit more. And then Josh came a little later than that. And yeah, so by, by about a year in, it was the same people who were you know on. And then towards the end, we lost Guy. We lost, uh, who else? A few people here and there. But Oh, Steve Marmelstein was... Early on, you know Steve. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, what kind Launching of- so many careers, more so than any other late night I, talk show. You know what? Current, like- Looking back on it now, <clears throat> it, um, it's like how what, what Carson used right. to be, that the late night shows no longer are now. Chelsea Handler's show was. It was a show where if you were on the round table six or seven times, your career was launched. You were, uh, if you were a good headliner already, yeah. you had a headlining career. And look at, you know, a lot of these guys that, you know, you guys probably talked to and they, all of them came from that show. Caparulo, um, all these guys. Caparulo, the and it was just a, it was a great way to showcase your funny without doing material. So uh, you know, and you were on all the time. That was another thing to, Ch- to Chelsea's credit. She's like, let's have the same people over and over again. I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. I think people will get bored by it, and they didn't. They wanted. We would put new people on there. Like, where's Joe Coy? Where's Lottie yeah. Love? We need. We want to hear what they have to say about this specific topic. So. She was right. It was like Hollywood Square. So I exactly, thing, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's a good way to. I I actually think that was to a fault what the um, uh, at midnight did wrong. I think they didn't put their good people on enough. Like Ron Funches was so great on that show, and he there's some people. I was like, so put him on once a week. Why why are you putting him on every seven months? It doesn't make any sense. This is the guy people want to see, right? And uh, yeah, I think that was a fault that they should have fixed. But, but what happened? There were some people, obviously, that did the show a lot that didn't have, or there was something that didn't gel that they didn't click as much as the guys like Joe Coy or Lonnie Love. That yeah, just they, for some crazy reason, they didn't get the kind of accolades that some of the other guys. I did. think it was a later start. I think if you were on in the beginning when the show kind of was nobody was watching and it was just a weird little show that we were doing. Uh, 
I think that's when you you got it. I think if you came a little later when we moved over to the big studio when we started to become like the shit, and uh, if you got on at that point, I think it was or the ship had already sailed, so right. you weren't catching fire like the early people did. Because I would assume, and obviously Patrick knows this too, there were some guys, and I, and I remember I because I was doing warm up on some yeah. of the shows, and I just remember you would look at the card and see who the guests were. And you would say, this guy is going to be great. And he wasn't. And a great example of that was, and he's had a great career since, but on the panel, J.B. Smoove was Oh, I was with him. I was on the panel. You were? Yeah. And I just remember, yeah. And here's a guy who, in person, great guy. Every time he does a talk show appearance, great guy. But I don't know what happened. Was he only on like once or twice? Once or twice. And the weird thing was, he backstage, he's just hilarious and funny. Yeah. And as soon as he, you know what it was though, to no fault of these people who were on the show, it was kind of a ruthless show. You had to be mean to celebrities. You had to be mean to the other people. With you. it was a mean show. In a way, looking back on it, some of the things we said were like, "Wow, that was mean." Like I don't know if in the climate we're in today, if the show would work anymore, but. And some people just didn't want to do that. And I get that. I had no problem with it. I mean, I, you know, I like that roasty kind of stuff. So for me, it was no problem. I actually found it funny. But some people are like, this feels mean and I don't want to do that. And, and, I, and I think JB was one of those guys. He's like, I don't want to make fun of, you know, Lindsay Lohan. Sure. So, Wait, did you ever get any pushback from anybody like David Spade used to get when he used to? Oh do yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. You did get that. Yeah, yeah. Gary Busey like literally wanted to fight me. Gary Busey apparently called you personally, you me personally, because I used to do him on the show like uh, a real bad version of him with like brain injury, and uh, and he called he like you the, down. He called the studio somehow. The, got in touch with security down front, like uh, the security desk, and somehow said, "I will, I will come." And then we were going to make it like a thing where I would fight him on air. Jesus. Uh, and, oh and so we had like the ball rolling on it where he was going to. But then some turned out where he couldn't get a ride. It was just yeah. straight. It was like a thing that Gary Busey would happen to Gary Busey. It was like, he, he can't get a ride here. He needs that someone to come will pick him up. That problem will just fix itself. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. But And we didn't have like, at that point, we had no budget or anything. So we could like, we can't go get Gary Busey in Malibu. And it just didn't work out. I just remember when I did warm up on the, the, the original show when it was at the smaller studio, you would see that they, the, the, the people on the panel would drive themselves. Oh, yeah. Which was just, yeah. they would park right in front. I remember seeing Lonnie Love pulling up. Like, yeah. you know, it was just so funny to see it. But I assume that people, because you're the face of the show, you're one of the writers, were comics always just burning you up, asking you to do the show. I mean, I would assume that they were blowing you up all the time. Yeah, and I didn't mind it because... You know, I, back back then, though, I really hung with like the crew from that show. So I wasn't out as much as I got. I wasn't on the you know out at the comedy store hearing everyone say, "Can I get on?" And then you know, we were we were whatever you want to say, and we were the cool kids or whatever at that point. And as some shows get, and then people didn't like us. You know, like fuck those guys. That show's terrible. And I I get it. You know, why would I do that show? But. You know, Michael Cox tells me of all these people who shit on it. He goes, I can give you 15 emails and I'm begging to be on the show. So, uh, I love um, it. I love yeah, it. so that's pretty great. Yeah, I just, you know, it's so funny because. He's great too. I, I, don't, uh, I, I don't like a lot of bookers, just Cox frankly, but I love, you know I love what? that guy. I'll say this about my, we're going to get into a weird area where nobody knows what we're talking about, but uh, he is a guy who truly loves comedy and yeah. still does. Yeah. Like he still gets giddy about watching sets. He's in a comedy club every night. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, it's good to see a guy who's still into it. He, he does have a weird like 
he likes interesting comedy, yeah. like stuff you and I probably don't like. But he likes it. You know, he's out there, which I, you know, nobody else is. Yeah, Michael used to book the comics for Chelsea lately. Yes. He has now since Tonight gone show. on as the booker for Tonight the Fallon show. show. Yeah. But he's a guy that even when he's saying no to you because he can't book you for whatever reason, yeah. you still aren't upset about it. Yeah. I think it's almost like the Comedy Magic Club here in town. You're like, hey, they won't work me, but I still yeah, respect I still, that. I still go there. Right. Like, yeah. I think he's Canadian. I think Canadian helps. I think he's a young, he was, you know, he started out so young in this game. I mean, my, when Michael was booking Chelsea Lynn, I think he was 26 or something wow. at the time. So yeah, it's, uh, I think it's that. Yeah, but that, but doing that show for you is a game changer on eight different levels. Oh man, just game right you know, well. financially exposure. But, I mean, just you know, in terms of now being able to write your own ticket, going out on the road. I'm yeah. sure you're meeting a ton of different people. It's 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 got to just change your world. It does. It, it you know, financially, that's or that was the biggest thing because I didn't. I never had any money. You yeah. know, enough to get by, enough to pay my rent and pay my car payment. But if you know, if my car didn't start, I was fucked for the month, you know, or I got a parking ticket, I was screwed for many, many, many years. Right. Until I was 40 years old, basically. So, uh, yeah, once you started making money, it really does just ease everything. You know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, that's not that much. And I don't live an extravagant lifestyle of any, you know, at all, but it was like so nice to get big checks. Right. And, 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 you know, and lots of them. And then the road became a thing. And then I opened for Chelsea a bunch and that became a thing. And then I wrote for her. We did a sitcom on NBC that I wrote for, for her. So there was one point I was write, writing on and starring in four shows at the same time. After Lately, Chelsea Lately, another show on E! and, and her NBC sitcom. Wow. So it was wild. That's just crazy. It was like one, yeah, two years of that. Do you feel, though, when you're writing, when you take – because we know this. When that show first started, it's almost like any new show. It, hey, Chelsea Handler's got a show out. She's looking for people to be on the round table, and people are like, what is that? Like, who knows? Right. Like, and that's when people snub their nose because they don't really realize – you know, and Michael's right. For everybody who snubs their nose, they have a ton of other people that are begging to do it. I remember right. years ago, you, I don't know if you'll remember this, Chris, but I remember years ago, I came into a bar with a buddy, middle of the day, saw you and Sarah Colonna having drinks at the bar, and a, and a buddy of mine said to me, he said, uh, they've been begging me to do that show, Chelsea Chelsea show. And oh, I, was yeah. like, I was like, well, why don't you? And he's like, I don't need their fans. And I was like, <laughs> are you shitting me? I don't know if we ever begged anybody. Like, <laughs> and, and, and it just showed. And I, I said, I said, you I really, it. you've turned it down. Yeah. And this was a guy doing nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It, it, but I think that there I was this ego. Yeah. yeah. There was this <laughs> ego that he felt like, yeah, no, no, no. I'm breaking up with them before they break up with me. Well, we would literally put, we would never beg anyone because I could, I could say we would literally put a security guard on from our lobby before we put on, we would never beg anybody. Right. Like there were times we'd put on a security guard who would be just as good. Sure. You. Because so, there's something funny about right, that. Right, right, yeah. right. Did you ever think though, like almost, like almost any writer that works for a late night show, you're, you're working in like incremental time frame like you're you're like first of all you're only working there for six weeks then it's extended to a year like did you ever feel the pressure like hey listen maybe the stuff that i'm writing is not working uh you know you have to give all of this leeway and distance to chelsea even though you're friends right right because you don't want to get in her space she's now becoming a huge celebrity you don't want to get fired you want to keep this great job yeah you have to kind of keep your distance yeah you didn't want to be too close to the sun uh, toward the end, I played it well. I was never her favorite. I was never her first text, you know, like to hang out. 
I was I was I was a, a friend and a good one, you know, and I and I got I was about fifth on the text list back when they're like, let's go get drinks. So you wanted to remain that. You want to remain about fifth on the on the uh, you know come to my house tonight um, list invite 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 list. Right. And I and I was and I always was and I still am. You know we're still good friends. A lot of the people who I worked with uh, closely at the time are no longer friendly with her like that. I, I don't see her every day and we don't talk every day, but we talk and we're good friends still. So yeah, I, I think you always need to remain that like boss. And it's tough. I understand what she went through. Being that person and having. At, towards the end of Chelsea Lately, I mean, there were 400 people working on that show. A crew, writers, a, you know, a gigantic studio of four floor. You saw it. Yeah. And that, but it's all her. Like this show, the, she's the top of that. So when you, if you go a little nuts, I completely understand it. Well, it's always funny to me too, even working at Conan, people always ask, hey, what's he like? What's going on? What's that? Like, I don't know. Like, I yeah. just, I, I get in, do my job. It's a great environment, but I don't go searching the halls for him. Yeah, when right. you have that many people working under you, you can only know 20 or 30. I mean, you can't yeah. know everybody by their first right. name. I right, mean, right, right. 400 people, that's crazy. I mean, towards the end, yeah. Ultimately, it's it was an industry, you know? It becomes an industry. It, and people that you you're that it you're their live it's their livelihood. That's how they feed their family. It's how they, you know, so it's a wild thing to be a part of. When you say I quit, like she did more or less. Right. You know, in a way you just fuck 300 people. And what was the, I know that it's come out, there's been some backlash with people that have worked on her show that now are coming out saying it was a bad work environment, this, that, and the other thing. What do you make of that? I mean, it, I, well, I know he, all these people are still friends of mine. So uh, it was not a bad work environment. It was a work environment where everybody started getting semi, you know, kind of famous. And, and I, you saw it by our cars. When we started, we'd park five shitty cars next to each other in it. We didn't even have like parking spaces. We would have to find parking spaces in in this garage and with five shitty cars all together. As we got towards the end, every one of us had a you know eighty thousand dollar cars. We had our name on a parking thing, right? And that's where it started. You, you saw it progressively get worse and worse as the cars got better and better, right? Yeah, that's I. I remember Steve Marmelstein said when Chelsea got a some Bugatti or some shit, you know, whatever. He goes, "This show's over." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, show's over. Yeah, yeah. That was the end of the road. Yeah, right. What yeah. Was, what was the biggest uh, arena that you played with her that you opened up for? Uh, we did it um, it's like in the middle of the tour. I think it was the uh, when her big book came out, the real big one. The uh, I forget the name of the title, but it was that Dear God, tour. It's me, or yeah, Dear Vodka? The, the one after oh, that. We we did, you know, like Scott Trade Arena and, you know, 20,000. And people just freaked. I mean, they were nuts for her. The weird thing, looking back on it now, I don't think anybody heard a word she said That's in, so in the show. Yeah. You know, like there was, so, it was a night out for them. It was, it was like going to like a Bon Jovi show. Yeah. You would go to the parking lot. You would get drunk as shit. You would go into a comedy show. But she got these people, you know, to rock star you know, status where these girls just said, I'm going to go drink like she does. And I'm going to go into her show. And I'm going to scream and yell. And it was wild, man. Yeah. I wish I, you know, I wish I remembered more looking back on it. I think, God, I wish I made like a conscious stop myself in my tracks and go, you should remember this. It's going to, it mm-hmm. won't happen again. Well, cause you told me that you guys were working together somewhere. And just months after the show had ended, that's when we kind of got to know each other. Yeah. yeah Columbus. We were, we were in Columbus. Columbus yeah. So yeah, just, and, yeah. And all of a sudden people started, 
noticing Chris. Oh, yeah. Or like, oh, yeah. They came to the bar and it was yeah. just mayhem. It was oh, yeah. crazy. College, college, college. Oh, it was kids. wild. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I did you know, it never bothered me. I didn't. I don't mind people coming up. It was great. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's kind of why you get into the game. I never went to my head. I never became an asshole. I don't think. You know. Yeah. Um. So it was fun. Hey, by the way, because I know that we're hitting the home stretches. <coughs> I hate to say that. Um. Can you tell us the Bill Cosby story? Oh God, I feel which like I, I loved. I love. Yeah. This. I just posted a picture on my Instagram of it. It's so weird. Yeah. He came. He wanted us. We were doing um Atlantic City, the Borgata. I don't know if you're familiar with the Borgata. Yeah. We, and this is when we were at like the height of Chelsea lately. It was a Labor Day weekend and we were doing the big room, which is, you know, 10,000 seats or whatever. And Bill Cosby was doing the small room. We had done both. A couple of years before that, we had done the small room. And then uh, now we're in the big one. <clears throat> Cosby's in the small room, which is not small. It's 1,200, 1,300. Okay. Uh, and we are sitting down by the pool drinking like we're having a good time. It's me, Chelsea, my brother's there, uh, Chelsea's brother's there. We're having fun. Uh, and we get a phone call. Ryan, and you, you remember Ryan Basford, right? Yeah. Uh, Ryan was like, he was like a tour guy who'd come with us to just take care of stuff. And Ryan takes the call and he goes, I think it's Bill Cosby. <laughs> he goes, like, or it could be somebody fucking with me doing a Bill Cosby voice. But sure enough, it's Bill Cosby. Now, <clears throat> I'll say this. Chelsea's not the... Uh, you know, like some of us are. She's not a comedy historian. She doesn't really care about. Uh, she probably doesn't even know who Bill Cosby is. Really, or, you know, his stand-up. She couldn't tell you one sketch that he, the bit that he does. I know. She's like, do you want to meet Bill Cosby? He wants us to come up to his room, like before the show. He likes to meet all the. Com- so I was like, me. I was like, oh my god, yes. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. I loved Bill Cosby like records when I was a kid, and. uh and she's like, all right, let's go. And we're drunk at this point. We've been drinking. We were kind of day drinking. And we go up in there. And, you know, now looking back on it, what he wanted, I believe, was Chelsea Handler to come up to his room. Right. And do what he does. I guess. you Maybe maybe not. Right. But he's, my first takeaway when I see him is he's just by himself. And he's old, really old. He's got his temple shirt on and his sweatpants. And, he's, you know, his eyes are kind of fucked up. And he just starts going at me. Like we're sitting, we sit on the couch, just me, him and Chelsea. And, and he starts like really kind of being mean to me. Like, why are you opening for Chelsea Handler? And I was like, well, it's not really, I'm like, oh, I'm on the show. I'm kind of like, you know, we're, we both kind of have a following, you know, it's not like I'm fucking some opening act. And he's like, yeah, you're a little old to be opening for people. Like, oh, when boy. do you, when do you start your own career? And I was like, yeah, once again, I'm, I work on the show. So it's, you know, people know who I am. And then he just starts really kind of reprimanding me about comedy. Like, don't. I said, he goes, what do you do? I said, well, I, you know, I, I do some crowd work. He's ne- never do crowd work. Never do crowd work. I never in my career have ever done crowd work. I was like, yeah, I know. But, and I, I remember saying this. I said, you know, not to be disrespectful, uh, Mr. Cosby, but I said, comedy has, you know, changes over, over time. It just, like some of the things you said 20 years ago don't fly these days. Like, it's it just a different thing. And, uh. And I remember him kind of get, but then it almost seemed like an act, like he was being, and then when we said, okay, we're going to leave now, he was super nice, and he was like, I'm only kidding with you, you know that, right? And I was like, yeah, but, you know, I didn't say this, of course, but I was like, you're kind of a fucking dick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, we took a picture, and he was super nice about that, and then I talked to other comedians, like, about it, and they were like, I had the same experience with huh. him. He kind of berated me for an hour, and then was just like, you know, I'm fucking with you, right? And I was like, yeah, are you? No. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. You know, and yeah. Chelsea would have been, had he been made her prey or whatever, right. she would have been the only big name he ever did that to. Oh, he yeah. didn't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. And I don't know if that was his yeah. intention or not, but 
I mean, look, you know, it certainly seemed like yeah. it. Like he was like, come up to the room before your show, yeah. not expecting me to be there. So I think that was like, he was just mad that hey, I hey, cop hey. That's really funny. Yeah. I can't believe that you experienced Cosby yeah, it was pretty that weird. way. Well, uh, I think a great way to end our visit with Chris Frangiola is one of my, in, in kind of essence of the Bill Cosby story. Oh, what's Let's this? bring it out with this song. <laughs> oh my god two life remember when these guys were, like, we were, fight, we were, they were fighting for their right to speak and i wish we had more time is he dying sorry, luther I'm campbell so dead is no luther... no he's around he's helping uh, miami football miami oh, hurricane right. football yeah, 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 yeah he's big behind that uh chris where can they find you uh frangiola.com uh, you know all the chris frangiola and all the other things gotta tell you Super nice guy. How are the Mets great looking comic. this year? Mets. The Mets 4-1 and one right now. Oh, nice, you know, nice. We're looking real good. I mean, but it's a long, long season, so we'll see. Still early. Well, thank Still you for early. coming in studio. Thank you for having Chris me. Chris Frangiola. Love you both. Uh, thank you for joining us. Patrick Keene. Thanks, Gary. Always. That's Always. The Gentleman's Dojo. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys again next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>